1: go ahead. Um, You know, let's make this declaration. We got a lot of declarations, but we're going to make it. We do this every week. Lift that Bible up in the air, that Bible app. Praise God. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. Let's talk about it today. Let's look at Isaiah 62 and verse 6. I'm reading out of the New Living I'm going to read just a couple of verses in your hearing and the onset, then we'll jump on in. Oh, Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. Praise God. I want to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost, with a little help from you all. Things are about to change today. Things are about to change today. If you believe that, if you're ready for a change in your life, would you lift your hands and help me pray? Father, come on, just begin to make that declaration. Something has to break. I'm declaring a change in the Holy Ghost. I lift you up. I give you glory. I give you honor, Lord God. I release the gifts of the Spirit. I pray that the fruit will be manifest in my life through this message. Do what you want to do, for it all belongs to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I remind you just for a brief moment the role of the watchman. A watchman in Scripture warns. A watchman in Scripture will kind of give us, not kind of, will give us advanced notice of what perhaps is coming our way. The watchman lets us know of dangers that are impending and threats That perhaps we might not be able to see, but the watchman on the wall has a different uh, vantage point and paradigm to see what's coming. He lets us know or she lets us know when we're on the wrong road and on the wrong track. And I believe at Extraordinary Church and at the Church of Jesus Christ... Don't get me wrong, I have no problem talking about the enemy because we understand that we uh, we serve a great God, but there also is an enemy, if you will, and we don't ignore the enemy. I'm not out to give him any credit, though. I want us to be a Jesus-named church. We will be a church that lifts up the name of Jesus, that exalts the name of Jesus, but we do have to acknowledge and keep it 100 that the enemy is real. However, I do believe while we're going to talk just a little bit about the enemy for a moment, it's appropriate and proper for us to identify his tactics and his schemes. The Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians not to be ignorant of the devil's devices and his schemes, his method of operation, because Satan, I want you to hear me, has a strategic way in which he will work against your life and your mind. It's not a new devil. It's not a new strategy. And if we can understand that his game is the long haul, it might change our perspective on how we operate and how we fight. In biblical times, when a rival nation would besiege a city, it was a long haul tactic. One of warfare where they would literally begin to sit outside of the city strategically and begin to choke off In intervals, what would come into the city and what would come out of the city. See, if you use this tactic of besiegement as a weapon in war, you are not interested, hear me, in immediate, spontaneous victory. You are looking to, in a way, in a long-term way, choke out the life out of the city. By keeping it from receiving what it should receive, and hear me, releasing what it should release. There's an instance in Scripture where the Syrians besieged Samaria for many years, systematically and repetitiously. And with great confidence, they choked off all the supplies necessary to bring the city to a place of vitality and vibrancy and life. Years of this, they besieged the city, tried to shut it down. Years of choking the life out of the city. It was not a spontaneous thing. It was not instantaneous. It was a long-term strategy of sucking the life out of the city. And I want to tell you right now, when I look at the enemy's attacks... I want you to know that as your pastor, I see that the enemy is not necessarily interested in instantaneous, spontaneous, immediate defeat in your life. He is absolutely satisfied with seeing you and I go through long, drawn-out defeat where we're just systematically, over time, the enemy chokes the life of God out of the believer. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Churches don't just die overnight. Churches die after years and years of having the life choked out of them. The enemy comes in and he puts a little gossip in the church. Y'all not going to help me this afternoon. He puts a little bit of division in the church. He puts a little bit of religion in the church and puts a little bit of compromise in the church. You don't wake up one morning and instantaneously the church not have any power. But it's years, months of listening to the voice of the enemy. Suddenly churches that were full of vibrancy and life and vitality are now empty. Nobody's coming to the altar and nobody's being saved and nobody's being baptized. There's nobody getting healed in prayer. Why? Because the enemy will be satisfied to slowly. Methodically, choke the life of God out of you in your personal life. You take inventory of your own life, your own marriage, your own career, your own walk with God. Nobody lost it overnight. Most of the defeats were a slow fade. The enemy calculates them. It's one blow after another. It's that systematic slow process choking out our hope choking out our joy sending setback after setback until we're no longer full of hope but despair we're no longer full of promise but disappointment we get so full of disappointment with God we start believing the reports of the enemy When you begin to believe the reports of the enemy, and let me just tell you right now, you already know if you're struggling with this because you begin to listen to the report of the enemy. I'm telling you, when you begin to listen and believe, the enemy wins. When you no longer believe God and what God says about a thing, and you start believing the report of the adversary, it's besiegement. It's the enemy choking out that slow, systematic process, choking out the life the people of God but there's another role of the watchman it's not just to warn it's not just to feed the feelings of impending doom but to declare the foundations of faith the watchman also knows when to call for a new day in the message, it says in the 62, uh, 62nd chapter of Isaiah, I posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Day and night, they keep at it, praying, calling out, remembering, reminding God to remember. What are they reminding the one who never forgets to remember? They're reminding him of the promise he gave. Watch what the promise is. Look at this. Look at Isaiah 62, verse 4. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight, the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Your children will commit themselves to you. Oh, Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to the bride, then God will rejoice over you as bridegroom. A bridegroom rejoices over his bride. What do you see, watchman? What do you claim, intercessor? I'm telling you, I don't see premonitions of failure. I don't see harbingers of darkness. I don't see somebody throwing in the towel. I'm here to encourage you to tell you, hold on for your change is going to come. As a matter of fact, I'm declaring that things are about to change today. You have change coming, and you need to know God is not finished with you. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And if you're ready for a change today, you ought to give God praise. You ought to give him worship to let him know, God, I've been in this long enough. I've been through this storm. I'm ready for it to break. I'm ready for breakthrough today. Can I just park this thought in your mind for a moment? I want you to think about this. God is not finished. I want you to think about it like you're kicking the tires on a new car. I don't know about you, but when you get a new car, what you do when you get that car, Jaden? You didn't just immediately take off. You sat in the, sat in it, put your hands on the wheel, and you, you were just like, Yeah. Get in the seat. Thank you, Jesus. Look, you get the rearview mirror set, but you don't look and stare at the rearview mirror. You're looking at what's ahead. As a matter of fact, You realize you're going somewhere. You tell your friends, yo, hop out, catch me. You ain't going nowhere. You're like this. I want you to kick the thoughts on that in the sense that God is not done with you yet. I want you to know that you can look through the window with a clear future. God is not finished with you. He made the sun and the moon in a single day. He divided light from darkness in a single day. He created all of the animals in a single day. He separated water from land in a single day. The issue is not how he did it. The issue is not the mechanics of the science. The issue is that when he was done with those things, he said, done. But when it comes to you and me, God is not finished. He has not let go of you. He has not consigned you to the mere laws of nature. He has not released you to luck, chance, or fate. I want you to know God is at work in your life. He's working all things together for your good. He takes your pain and makes something good. He takes your disappointment and makes something good. He takes your jagged, sharded, broken dreams and starts over again. He can do new things. That's the God we serve. I thank God for new things. I thank God for new beginnings. I thank God who can turn the page and put that behind me. I'm telling you, heaven is on the move at Extraordinary Church. Heaven is reaching. Heaven is calling. And I want you to put your foot on the accelerator in that brand new car and move forward for what God has for you. Here's what you got to understand. When you fail, God has a plan. I thought somebody would be encouraged by that. When we do dumb things, God has a plan. When we wreck our marriage, Oh my God, help me. When we mistreat our loved ones, when we lose our way, when we fall short, God has a plan God has never been surprised God refuses to give up God is not finished I wish I had three people that believed God was not finished with them I wish I had three people that would stand up and declare what he is doing in my life is going to come to pass I trust him come on and give him praise today Things are about to change. Today, the atmosphere is shifting. Today, I'm going to break the back of that opposition in the name of Jesus. Today. Today, something's going to change. Today. Reminds me of Alfred Noble. Alfred got up one morning to read his obituary in a French newspaper. It read, the merchant of death is dead. The inventor of dynamite, this purveyor of quicker and more effective means to kill people, stared at that obituary and he said, this is not how I want to be remembered. And change came to his life. Therefore, we no longer associate Alfred Noble with death, but with peace, life, and hope. If you got up this morning. And there's life in your body. I'm telling you right now, your epitaph does not have to declare death. As a matter of fact, I don't know about you, but I'm declaring breakthrough in my life. I'm declaring the power of God and the peace of God and the love of God and the favor of God is breaking through in my life. I will not let the enemy run roughshod. That's not me. That's not the person who I am. That's not who I was meant to be. I have a word of hope for you. Something is about to change today. You won't always be addicted to that. You won't always struggle with that. You won't always have that bad habit. You won't always be in debt. I'm here to tell you, something will change. Give him praise like you believe it. Give him praise like you're looking for him. Give him praise like you expect him. Give him praise like this is a word for you. I need a move of God. I need a move of God, Patricia. I can't be satisfied. We got to have God in everything that we do. I got to have the Spirit of God moving in my family. I got to have the Spirit of God moving in my ministry. I need the Spirit of God to help me raise my children. I need the Spirit of God to help me be a better husband. I need the Spirit of God every time we come together, 3 o'clock here at 2500 Mimosa Row. We need Him. I need God when I'm trying to raise my babies. I need God when we're trying to figure out where we're going to send them to college. We need the Holy Ghost in all that we do. And churches that are more satisfied with religion. Churches that are more satisfied with not reaching people. Churches that are more satisfied with division. Empty pews. I'm more interested in talking about the past and what's ahead of it. What I've come to declare in this region, we're going to break the back of religion. We're going to break the back of everything that tries to oppose a move of God that will shake everything that can be shaken I'm here to declare the enemy will not have his way. Depression will not always hang over your head. I'm telling you, you will not always have these troubles. Something has to change, and I don't know about you, but in my life and the things that I'm connected to, they've got to change today. I always get nervous. I've had the privilege of preaching out in many different forums and venues, many different countries. I always get nervous when I hear church. Talk about what used to happen, but not about what's happening. I'm telling you right now, there's ever been a time that extraordinary church needs God to shake us up. It's right now. If there's ever been a time where we can't afford to go through the motions... If there's ever been a time where this world is thirsty and hungry and dying and looking for something alive, it's right now. We can't afford to have guests come through our doors, and and we've had almost 5,000 people come in five years. We can't have those people come and leave the same way that they came. They need to know there's a place where they can find healing. They need to know there's a place where they can find hope. They need to know there's a place where they can be transformed. And that's only going to happen by the power of the Holy Ghost we need the Holy Ghost I don't know where ever we got to this place I don't know how we got okay for us to come and go through the motion when did it ever become okay for us to come in suck our teeth, clean our nails, look at our phones while we're worshiping and praising and listening to the preacher? When did it come okay to give God a cute patty cake praise and not be moved to do anything else for the one who pulled us out of depression, the one who pulled us out of the miry clay? I don't know about you, but if he never does another thing for me, I'll never have enough time to give him praise. He might not ever heal me. He might not ever do anything else in my life, but he's still worthy of my praise. I've come to give him glory. I've come to worship him and bless him. He's the one who kept me. I refuse to go through the motions with the God who delivered. I'm sick and tired of people thinking religion is going to do anything. Religion won't heal. Religion won't save. Religion will not deliver. I'll tell you the only thing that will deliver, it's a move of God. It's a church that believes in the power of God. It's a church that preaches the power of God. It's a church that watches him resurrect the dead, heal cancer, deliver you from diabetes, resurrect your marriage. We are the church. Somebody ought to give him praise. Because today, something's going to change. Every time we come together, I want people to receive the Holy Ghost. Every time we come together, I want to see people baptized. Every time we come together, I want to see people healed. Every time we come together, I want to see people delivered. Every time we come together, I want to see people fighting and calling to get into the presence of God. Every time we come together, I want to see marriages restored. I want to see young people and young adults on fire for Jesus. Every time we come together, I want to see a move of God. Help me, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. I'm going to declare it. Satan, you have no authority in this place, in this region. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Things are about to change today. I'm going to push and lean on this thing. If I don't get to everything else in my message, I'm going to preach till I stir somebody up out of their seat to pray and to seek God. I'll preach till you believe this thing. I'll preach till you begin to get desperate. I'll preach till you decide to no longer settle for the status quo in your life. I'll preach till you say enough is enough. Things have got to change in my life. I can no longer be dictated by fear. I can no longer be dictated by people's opinions. I have to get what God has for me. Something has got to change today I'll tell you right now what I feel I know you think I'm a raving lunatic but I'm here to declare in the atmosphere something is fixing to change that extraordinary church we are going to move forward the enemy will not keep us at bay for the gates of hell shall not prevail we are the church we love the unlovable we love the widows and the poor we love the rich and the young we love We are the ones with the Holy Ghost, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. We are the ones that will trample upon scorpions. We are the ones that will lay hands on the sick, lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. We are the ones who will speak the name of Jesus and watch you be delivered. We are the ones who understand greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. We are the ones who are the light of the world and set on a hill. We cannot be hid. We are the ones who the gates of hell shall not prevail. We are the ones who are victorious. We are more than conquerors. We are the ones that overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony we are the ones who declare change today come on and give him praise come on and give him praise your praise will pull somebody else out your worship will pull somebody else out your deliver I'm telling you, your praise will help somebody else get that breakthrough. You want to give him glory. You want to say, Enough is enough. Something has got to change in my life. Something's got to change in this atmosphere. I need God. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him worship. Come on and make that declaration. Today. Can I tell you what we're embarking upon? We're embarking upon something where we're no longer worried about being cute. We're no longer worried about being pretty. We understand that we've been covered by the blood of the lamb. I don't care what you think about me. You weren't there when he delivered me. You weren't there when he filled me. You weren't there when he washed me. I've been covered by the blood of the lamb, honey. While I love you, he matters more to me. While I love you, a move of God matters more to me. I have to have him. Enough is enough. No more prayerless days. No more days where we go through the motions. No more bitterness in our homes. The love of God is going to begin to flow. Things are about to change. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. I wish we had a few more people who would just begin to get out of their seat and begin to seek after God. I wish some of you would just begin to lay your hands on your neighbor and begin to pray. Come on, you know who needs deliverance. You know who's bound. You know who's struggling. You can tell by the fruit. Lay hands on them. Pray with them. Watch God begin to move. Enough is enough. You want things to change? Take action. I got good news. I got good news. I got good news. See, and Isaiah, help me, Jesus. And Isaiah, you have to understand the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Let me just say this right now before I put some content in you. What I desire is not chaos, but people that will pursue God with everything that they have. You know what's interesting? Since I don't in in the States, I can't speak for Canadian culture. But in the States, like we're at a sporting event. People show up like in 10 degree weather. Uh, let me speak Celsius. Like zero. Grown men with careers, families, will show up no clothes on their upper body, painted in red and blue, even put a Buffalo Bill on their forehead. The camera will get all of these, and it ain't just one of them. It ain't just three of them. It's thousands of raving fanatics. And they'll be like this. When the camera gets on them, when the camera gets on them, you're like, yeah! You're like, really, bro? Is it like that? All over a team who means absolutely nothing and cannot change anything in their life. And yet, we come to church. And we want to be like this. like and the goodness of God here we are in the land of the living when he's delivered us from crack Oh y'all! Are. he's delivered us from promiscuous relationships some of us you can't even tell that was your lifestyle and we want to be cute the devil is a liar I'll give God praise like a raving fanatic like a lunatic because he picked me up turn me around place my feet on solid ground. He's worthy of my every time I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done in my life I've got to give him praise. He deserves the praise. Not me. He deserves the glory. He deserves our worship. So let me just settle this, because some people don't understand the culture. Extraordinary church. and You could think, well, it don't take it. This is kingdom culture. So if you don't know, you might be trying to feel around and, oh, get it. Let me, let me just tell you, praise is acceptable at extraordinary church. Cute praise is acceptable. Crazy praise is preferred. I'll run. I'll hoop. I'll holler. I'll shout. I'll jump. I'll dance. I'll sing. I'll give him the... Because he's been good to me. And he's worthy of my praise. He's kept my babies. He's healed my body. He's... Getting with the preaching is acceptable. Shouting with the preacher is preferred. Let me tell you what else is. Because I know you think, oh, that's just a bunch of enthusiasm. Well, I'll tell you, enthusiasm is the breeding ground for faith. And it opens up the portal where the dead are raised, the blinded eyes are opened, deaf ears are unstopped, marriages are healed, people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's... Okay, I'm going to give you a scriptural invitation. I'm going to give you a scriptural invitation. Watch this. The Bible says, He inhabits the praises of his people. If he inhabits the praises of his people, why would we be silent? I will not be silent. I will not let the rocks cry out of my place. I will lift up my voice and give my God praise because he inhabits. He'll come see about you when you praise him. He'll come deliver you when you praise him. He'll come bless. Give him praise. Look at your neighbor. Tell him he's not finished with me. Come on. Look at your other neighbor. Tell him he's not done with me. I wish you could understand. God is not interested in helping you cope. He's not interested in you. Always living this way. The devil is a liar. He wants you to walk in victory. He wants you to walk in his power. The God-man, Jesus Christ, walked this earth and said, greater works will you do I don't know about you that doesn't sound like anything ordinary to me that sounds extraordinary you can watch God heal through you while you're on the job as a matter of fact you can speak to the atmosphere and restore order you can restore peace in your community you need to know greater things shall you do This is what I want in our culture, an engaging, responsive culture. Not because the preaching is good, not because the music is good, because they understand when they engage the Holy Ghost. God begins to move. Every day something has got to change. Praise God. I don't know about you, but things are about to. I hate to say it, I love everybody. I want everybody to come.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca.